What is up, you sexy bastards? It is your boy, Mr. Tortilla, a.k.a. Rabbi Can't Lose, a.k.a. Noah Kagan. This is part of the Ask Noah series. This is number 30 at Facebook, number four at Mint. I've built a bunch of companies. I've failed a bunch of times. So I've got some experience that might be beneficial for you in starting or growing your online business. Today, I run AppSuba.com. It is the number one site online for software deals. We promote insane software at great prices for entrepreneurs just like you. If you're starting a grand online business, check out AppSuma.com. If you are wanting to start a business but you don't know what to do, check out Monthly1k.com. I think right now, by the time you listen to it, it's just 10 bucks. There's no upsells or anything like that. We just want to make entrepreneurship affordable. That's Monthly1k.com. Today, we have three amazing questions we're going to be going over. Numero uno, how to navigate your life if you are recently laid off. Two, how to prioritize your marketing activities without spreading yourself too thin like peanut butter. And three, side hustles for a nine-year-old. Some, uh aggressive appearance. These are questions you've submitted at okdork.com slash asknoah. If you have questions you want answered, put them there, okdork.com slash asknoah. Let's dive in. All right, question number one from Lucas Suarez. Howdy, Noah. Any advice on how to navigate life after being laid off from a tech company project you have committed yourself to? First off, sorry to hear that, man. It's never a good feeling, but maybe it's a blessing. So let me talk through some ways that I've approached after getting let go and running a company. I know how difficult it can be as well. Uh, So I've been laid off twice. At Facebook, it was brutally painful to get let go. And then the company went on to grow, to become super huge. The CEO became one of the richest people on earth. He was on Oprah. And all the other people I worked with got super rich too. So it definitely sucked. Now, sometimes I think it's helpful to know a time frame or benchmark of how long things take to get over. And so for me, it took about five years. Therapy and life coaches and some of the things I'm going to recommend to you. But it was definitely really tough. And I think it was a good lesson in life that things can get taken away from you and it's not in my control. So how can I put more things in my circle of control or circle of influence? So let's go through some things about how you can approach once you get laid off and what you can do about it. Number one, it's okay. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise. And sometimes it seems like a curse. But, you know, I think sometimes if it doesn't work out, it's like, oh, there's going to be something better. That's a a line I really like thinking about. If not this, then something better. Number two, you're probably not feeling great about yourself, especially when you find out like, hey, your job got taken away, which sucks, man. And I am sorry to hear it. Again, it might be a blessing. But so number two, most important thing at this point, though, is to improve your self-worth in any way possible within reason and within the law. So. Why do you think people go and work out after breakups? Yeah, honestly, it makes them feel good about themselves. They look better, they feel better, uh, they have more energy. So same thing related to work. So what I recommend for you is do one thing super small, doesn't even matter, every single day that makes you feel good about yourself. This could be drawing, this could be social media, this could be doing something for someone else, this could be an errand for your family. I don't care, for your significant other. Just do any one thing that makes you start feeling good about yourself. At this point, when you get dumped from a significant other or dumped from a company, you're kind of like, damn, am I good? Am I worth it? What's wrong with me? And I think you just start doing some things you're like, okay, I am good. Teach someone something. Whatever that is, it makes you feel good about yourself. Number three, don't rush into your next thing. And this is a very common mistake that a lot of people do. They're like, all right, I gotta go to my next thing. I gotta go, I gotta go. And... What happens is I don't think you fully process it. You don't fully understand what maybe went wrong or what you really want. And you're kind of just like not maybe fixing the problem that's going on about what you like and what you don't like. It's really common. And when you lose your job, for me, it was public. Like I was blogging about Facebook. Everyone knew I worked at Facebook. And a lot of people have jobs that other people know about. It's embarrassing. And I think we want to mask that by like, okay, yeah, that didn't work out. They had layoffs. I got something else. But I, I think you really got to give yourself a little bit of patience, not maybe five years, but give yourself a little bit of a grace period versus rushing into the next thing. 
Number four, journal and or therapy about what you can learn and what you want in your next experience. And so there's no limit on this. Do as much as it takes here. And I think what I was looking for, especially after the Facebook thing, was that I was looking for a redemption. I was looking for revenge. I know that sounds aggressive because I was mad and I was disappointed. And I knew that I didn't like working in these big environments. I knew I liked tech. And I was like, all right, maybe there's another type of environment that I can be in. And finding mint.com helped me also see like, all right, I I like working on projects that I'm personally interested in. And I got to put a little asterisk here is that when a layoff happens, I would bet 90% of the time, the person didn't really like the job. That's just my own impression of what I've seen when people get laid off, speaking from experience myself, is that you knew it wasn't a great fit. You knew it wasn't the best. And a lot of times it's because we didn't make the choice ourselves that we're a little bit more frustrated. But really think about it. Like, did you love this job? Are you actually disappointed? Or you're like, you know, I kind of was just checking in and getting paid and checking out. And that's not necessarily a horrible thing, but yeah, that's okay to actually just really reflect on the overall experience. Think if you really liked it and then start really crafting what you really want to do next. All right, fifth, if you need money, go drive Uber or do Uber Eats or DoorDash or Grubhub or whatever's in your, in your country. Now, I really recommend this because I think if you don't have a foundation, if you don't have cash flow, you start panicking and you rush into something. And so I always want people to be able to take care of whatever bills they have. And these are guaranteed jobs that are universal that anyone can do. The other thing about it I've noticed with business, probably in life as well, but specifically in business is momentum. So if you're able to start getting some money, you start getting some customers, you start getting some progress, you're like, okay, this could lead you to the right place. And so you do want to get a little bit in action, creates more action, which creates some success for yourself. Number seven, connect with other people. I'm very fortunate and unfortunate that I got laid off super early in my career. And I think almost everyone should go through with getting laid off because you're like, holy shit, like this sucks. I didn't like that they took this away from me. I didn't like that I was surprised. I don't like like these emotions that, that had to come up through this stuff. But it was like, oh, wow, there's a lot I can learn from this. And go and talk to other people about it. There's other people who have got laid off. You can post on Reddit. I'm sure there's online apps, maybe even anonymous. And other people have got laid off. Other people have jobs. Now is a great chance to actually go and talk to people that you've been wanting to talk to, but maybe you've been busy with work. And number eight, it's a little bit of a curveball, but have fun. It sucks to get laid off, but now it's a cool time to even have more fun. Like, what are you really excited to be doing? And go and really spend time in that area. Again, it might be a blessing in disguise, Lucas. I'm I'm rooting for you and anybody else who got laid off or maybe wants to get laid off. I don't even know, but good luck out there, man. Question two from Eamon Shields. Hello, Noah. I was wondering, what are your thoughts on how should one prioritize their marketing activities without spreading themselves too thin? I know you are a big fan of focus for your personal brand. You seem to focus 90% of your effort on just making great YouTube videos. Thanks, man. Yeah, we are. Justin Welsh, a recent guest on your show, seems to focus only on LinkedIn and Twitter for his top of funnel marketing. But I also read an article on how you grew Mint.com to 1 million users in six months. And it said you targeted around 10 different sources to drive traffic to the website, which seems like a lot of stuff to do. If I'm the first marketing hire at a B2C business to customer company, should I focus my efforts on one to two marketing channels or should I just try a bunch of stuff like you did at Mint.com? Eamon, great question. So, Let's think about this though. When I started doing content really actively, maybe around three plus years ago, I think during around the time COVID happened, I was doing all the channels. So I was doing Twitter a lot. I was doing Instagram a lot. I was doing LinkedIn a lot. I was doing YouTube a lot. I was doing my email a lot. And after about three months of doing it, it was like, wow, none of these are really growing well. I'm spreading myself thin and none of them are really giving me the ROT. And this is something I think about a lot, which is return on time that I really wanted, meaning for every hour of work is the output, and this is just your own personal um, 
impression is the output of, that I'm getting, the amount of views, the amount of subs, the amount of followers, proportional to the amount of work I'm doing. Because I would do a YouTube video and we'd spend like five hours on it and it'd get like a hundred views. And I'm like, damn, that was, that was a pretty, a lot of, that was a lot of time for not a lot of great results. So now for marketing, for your job and for everybody out there who's doing marketing, business is really three things. And I've talked about this a lot. Business is what's the problem you're solving? Who has that problem? And where are they? That's it. Now let's tie this back to the content I was doing. So I'm spreading myself thin. I'm doing all these channels. You can go look at the channels and say, all right, well, which channel has the results that I'm looking for? And if I could only do one for the next 30 days, which one would I pick? And so I think you're going to start seeing the connection of what I'm talking about here, where you can only focus after you know what to focus on. So at Mint, we knew our customer was a young professional, maybe out of college or maybe making some money. It wasn't someone who has a ton of debt. That wasn't our initial audience. And then it was like, all right, well, let me try different things. So let me try marketing. Let me try some paid ads. Let me try sponsoring. Let me try going to conferences. Let me try badges. Let me try all these different things. And otherwise, if you focus on one thing and you have no idea if it works, like that's not a great thing to focus on. So at Mint, eventually we found that content was the thing to focus on. There were other channels that ended up coming out. You can do more than one. Uh, there's a guy who uh, I really liked his saying, you could walk and shoot bubble gum at the same time, which I've always liked that saying. And so that was a great takeaway about like, yes, but you have to try different things out. Notice the one that works. And so for me, I, I don't like doing Instagram. I don't like really care for photos. Twitter was okay. I didn't know how, how large the audience could be. I thought with video, I like being on camera. I like the interactions. It's harder for people to do, which meant that it'd have less competition. And I just thought the audience size with some of the videos we would get, we'd get really large audience size. So I was like, all right, everything is just focused on that from now on. It's been what we've been doing for the past three years. And that's, it's been working relative to the results that we've been putting in. Now, for your new job, you probably want a little bit of framework. So what I'd recommend is try between three and five marketing activities. Commit to a month. That's more than enough to try these out. It's the hard part. I'll tell you the hardest part, and this is the hardest part of marketing, is which of the ones are you going to stop doing after a month? And you could also do one a month for five months. It's really, there's not like a, a set science to that. But after the, the month of doing this, you'll see, you'll be like, all right, Try all these different things out. This one, which is going to be blogging, or maybe it's just partnerships, or maybe it's cold outreach, whatever that is. And then that, just pick one. So stopping the ones that are not working is the hardest part of marketing. Now, one thing I talk about a lot, and we do it a lot at AppSumo.com, and is if you are at this company and they already have some customers, go ask the founders or whoever's running the business, how did you get your customers so far? Most people don't just do more of what already worked. So just go find that out and double down on that. It's one of the AppSumo values, which is double down. Uh, it's one of the AppSumo principles, double down. So once you know that something's working, double down. It's funny that everyone knows to focus and the most successful and the most attention, I guess you could say, I don't know if it's successful, focus on one or two. But then it seems that like everyone else tries to do it all. So maybe there's something to think about there for yourself. Question three, Jeff Larkins. Hey, Noah, longtime founder of your YouTube channel and podcast. What up, man? I, my day job is a software engineer. That's cool. But I also tutor English to foreign students as a side hustle. Hell yeah, man. I spent a lot of time babysitting my nine-year-old niece on Sundays and thought it would be a great learning experience for her if we did side hustles together. That's cool. You're a cool uncle. Any side hustles you would recommend for a nine-year-old aside from doing lemonade stands? So first off, I love that that's what you're thinking as how you spend time with your niece. That, that's very cool. So let, let me go through a few ways that I, I would look at approaching this. So first off, can she join what's already working as a side hustle, which is AKA your tutoring thing? Now, a lot of times people want to reinvent the wheel and do something super out of left field and all right, we got to do something really, really well. No, you already have this side hustle working. Is there anything she can do? Maybe not teach English to others, but it could even be, could be that. 
or it could be supporting you, or she could be doing your marketing, or she could be doing your customer support, or she could be setting up lesson plans for you. Like, so is there a way that she could join you and you pay her as a part of the tutoring business? So I, again, if something's working, how do you help make it work better, which is already going on for you in the, in the tutoring? Second, I know you said you don't like the lemonade stands, but I'm going to do the triple B, basic boring businesses, lemonade stand, selling crap on Facebook marketplace, girl or boy scout sales. You don't need to invent the wheel. You just need to execute. And especially like the way I think about it in that if you're just getting into entrepreneurship, no matter your age, you really should be thinking about reps. That's all you gotta be thinking about, reps. And so I don't really care what the business is. I just care that you're like, all right, well, I tried sending an email. I tried to see if I could get someone to buy something for me. I tried to like put myself out there and do marketing. And so I'm not as fixated on the business. So don't discount a lemonade stand. There's a reason it works. Everyone's got lemonade. People are kind of used to it. Maybe change it up, make it a chocolate stand. Could be like chocolate milk or something like that. So again, do the triple B, basic boring businesses. Like in college, I did a discount card and I'm still doing discounts and deals on AppSumo.com. But for me, that's like a very common business. Another common business in college is like clothing, like doing t-shirts. So don't discount that. Just look at it as a way for her to get in reps. Third, you don't want to force her to go do a side hustle. Like some people are excited to work for another person or some people don't ever want to start their own business. And that's fine too. What I would try to do is notice where the niece is naturally gravitating towards. So is it drawing? Is it selling? Is it math? Is it science? I don't think you could force business on anyone. So again, I would really try to just be observant about like, hey, ask her to make sure she wants to do it. And then notice the thing that she likes doing. Maybe she's a great talker. Maybe she's a great organizer. And see, can you get her in any of those areas that she's naturally doing? And then lastly, number four, look at your network. So how can you leverage your network? Like the parents of the niece, the friends and family, your coworkers. So I bet if you post or text, and I, again, I, I think active messaging and active selling is always better than passive, that you have a nine-year-old niece, you want to do a side hustle. Is there any projects and give some examples of things that they can do to help make it easier that she can do for these people? And I think you'll be surprised how much people would be excited to offer their help. Like I have a guy I'm having coffee with just because I met his dad next week. And he just was like, hey, my son wants to do entrepreneurship. Can he talk to you? I was like, sure. Well, that is a wrap. I hope you love the episode as much as we did making it for you. If you have a question that you want answered in the future, okdork.com slash asknoah. And if you want help launching your own business, but you don't know where to start, I reopened my course monthly 1K for just 10 bucks. It's helped thousands of people start their business journey. And I think it'll help you too. You can head over to okdork.com slash monthly 1K and sign up. Have a mind-boggling day. What's your favorite brunch item? <laughs>